What's up, everybody? I'm back again. It's Kieran Dooley. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today is Dooley's Premier League update, episode 5. But instead of talking about the Premier League today, we're going to be exclusively going over the second leg of the Champions League round of 16. And then we're also going to be going over the second leg of the Europa League round of 16. Um, we had about like seven matches for the Champions League and six, or excuse me, eight matches for the Europa League. Uh, coming up first, we got um, Champions League games. This is what we're going to be discussing first. And then um, after we talk about the results and the statistics from the games, we'll move into the Europa League. And then um, after the Europa League games, um, depending on how much time I have left, we'll continue on or we'll leave it at that. But first things first. First game of the Champions League, we have Borussia Dortmund, um, a Bundesliga German team, a top-tier German football, or soccer, whatever whatever you want to call it. And then we have a um, team called Sevilla, which is a Spanish team from La Liga, Liga BBVA. Um... This first game finished 3-2 um, by a by win of Dortmund. Um, that was the first leg. In the second leg, Dortmund um, is the home team. Sevilla's away. Um, they hold on to a tie to 2-2. Eric Holland, um, the striker for Dortmund, puts two in the net, one in the 35th, and then one in the 54th. Um, to put them two goals up. And then in the 69th minute, um, Eric and Nasri scores in the 69th minute, and then he uh, scores a penalty in the 90th minute plus six minutes of injury time. As far as attacking goes for the teams, um, we had like 20 attempts on goal for Sevilla to Borussia's five. Um... Sevilla had five block shots compared to uh, Borussia Dortmund, and they even had eight corners compared to their one. Um, as far as per, like the performance for the teams go, um, Borussia Dortmund had 37% of the possession, and Sevilla had 63%. So a pretty dominant p- performance by Sevilla. Um, you can tell that they were uh, trying to come back in the Champions League because the, they got an automatic berth into the Champions League this year because um, they won the Europa League last year. They beat Manchester United in the final. But as far as their passing went, um, they had Sevilla had 590 passes to Borussia Dortmund's 270. This is a cool stat, though. Borussia Dortmund covered 112 kilometers, while Sevilla covered 109. For the defending, we had um, Sevilla on 12 tackles to Borussia Dortmund's 8. And then Dortmund had 33 clearances to Sevilla's 6. So you kind of get the feel for that match. It was a pretty uh, pretty fun game for Sevilla, it sounds like. They were just walking all over Dortmund, but Dortmund held on until the last minute to make sure that they... Uh, move forward on in the tournament and moving on next we have uh, 
Juventus, an Italian team that plays in the Serie A. And then we have uh, Porto, which is a uh, top-tier team that plays out in uh, Portugal. Um, first game finished 1-2 because of Porto. Uh, 1-2 winning by Porto. Excuse me. And then in the, this is the second leg of round of 16. Aggregate finished 4-4, but Porto moves forward over Juventus and Cristiano Ronaldo to uh, put them ahead into the Champions League. We got Chiesa with um, a goal in the 49th minute, the 63rd minute for Juventus. And then um, Sergio Oliveira for Porto scores in the 19th minute off of a penalty. So the game's tied up right now. And um, it's going to go into overtime if it's still tied. So Rabio scores one goal in overtime in the 117th minute. So they're winning. And then Sergio Oliveira scores one more goal right before the game ends to uh, make the game 3-2. But because of away goals and then the aggregate score, the game was tied. And Porto scored two away goals to Juventus's one. So that's why it ended like that. That's why Porto moves forward. They even played a man down. So for the attacking... We had 31 total attempts for Juventus to Porto's 14 with um, 13 on target with Porto having 7 on target. They hit the post two times, Juventus, in their attacks. They had 20 corners, 7 offsides to 2 corners to 1 offsides for Porto. As far as the passing and the performance went for the teams... Um, passing accuracy for Juventus was almost at 90%. And then we have um, 64% possession to their 36. They covered 150 kilometers to Juvent- or to Porto's 144 kilometers. 740 passes completed for Juventus to Porto's 300. Just total domination. Even though they lost, it was total domination. 18 tackles for uh, Juventus to Porto's 20. 11 blocks for Porto to Juventus's 2. And 35 clearances for Porto to Juventus's 7. Juventus getting knocked out of the Champions League with Cristiano Ronaldo is unheard of. This is the first Champions League final since like 2013 where Cristiano Ronaldo was not on a, fi- a finalist team. And that honestly blows my mind. Moving forward, we have um, Paris Saint-Germain, which is a top-tier soccer team out in um, the French First League, going up against Barcelona, which is a famous Spanish team from Spain. They are one of the most famous soccer teams in existence to to ever exist. We got um, the second leg for them. The aggregate finished as a 5-2 Paris win. Second game finished 1-1. 
Messi scores both goals for Barcelona in both legs, and then Kylian Mbappe scores four goals out of uh, Paris's five that they scored. And uh, Kylian Mbappe is just a young French forward who's in his prime right now. I don't even think he's. I don't even think he's 21 yet, and he's scoring goals in the Champions League against Barcelona. He had a hat-trick in the first leg. No one puts a hat-trick against Barcelona except Cristiano Ronaldo when he played for Real Madrid. So Mbappe scores a penalty in the 31st to make it a 1-0, 5-to-1 Paris aggregate score. And then in the 37th minute, Messi gives Barcelona some reconciliation by putting one in for him in the 37th minute. As far as attacking goes, uh, Barcelona was all over them the entire game for this second leg because Barcelona was pressing and pushing for a win because they did not want to get knocked out. It hurt me personally to watch Messi not go forward into the tournament. It's just unheard of. But anyways, they had 21 total attempts on goal. Barcelona did compared to PSG's seven. They had 10 on target to uh, PSG's three, um, nine corners to PSG's two. And then for the performance, this is where, (laughs) this is where the game just changes. This is how you know Barcelona was on that field. Possession was 67 to 33 in favor of Barcelona. But this is the stat that really blows my mind. 92% pass accuracy to PSG's 82. They completed 800 passes to PSG's 280. And the funniest part about it They traveled less than PSG, but quadrupled their passes. They traveled more than PSG. They had, or traveled less, excuse me. (laughs) They had 108 kilometers traveled, while PSG had 110. I just think it's mind-blowing that a team could almost throw up a thousand passes to to each other and then them not even cover more ground than the other team. But as far as defending goes, uh, PSG's obviously in the right here. Um, 20 tackles to Barcelona's 10 and then five blocks, five block shots to Barcelona's zero. And then we have 18 clearances to Barcelona's three. Again, PSG moves on. Barcelona gets knocked out. Haven't seen Barcelona in the final or Messi far into the tournament in a very long time. Moving on, we got Liverpool, which is a uh, top-tier English team over in England for the Premier League, and then we have them playing RB Leipzig, which is a top-tier German team in the Bundesliga. Aggregate finishes 4-0, Liverpool wins. Uh, First game finished 2-0, Liverpool. Second game finished 2-0, Liverpool. Um, Liverpool is just just dominating force right now. Whenever they're not playing in the Premier League, uh, they're here to stay, and they're here to 
put it to you, man. They're not messing around. As far as the attacking goes for both teams, um, the attempts were pretty even. They had uh, Liverpool had 12 attempts and Leipzig had 11. And then um, we had seven shots on target for uh, Liverpool to Leipzig's two. Um, Leipzig hit the woodwork once, so that counts as one of their on shots, one of their on target shots. But as far as the performance goes for the two teams, Leipzig kind of dominated Liverpool um, with 60% possession to Liverpool's 40. Um, 600 passes completed to Liverpool's 333. And then Leipzig had 84 passing accuracy to Liverpool 75%. Then for the defending, it's pretty even. We got 71 balls recovered for Liverpool to Leipzig's 69. We got 13 tackles for Liverpool for Leipzig's 10. One block, one block apiece. And then we have 22 clearances for Liverpool with 18 clearances for Leipzig. So... After Leipzig escapes group stage Champions League soccer from Manchester United, because we were in a group with PSG, Leipzig, Manchester United, and some Russian team, I think. Us and the Russian team got knocked out. Russian team got kicked out. Uh, We got demoted to the Europa League because we were the third place team. But Leipzig was in our group. And... It's kind of funny to watch them at first. <laughs> or, right, they got passed around to 32, but right after that, they got thrown into playing Liverpool and then lost 4-0 on aggregate. Couldn't even score a single goal on them. And then moving forward, we have um, the second leg of the Real Madrid, which is a top team out in Spain. They're in the top tier in Spain. They played against a top Serie A, which is the Italian league. They played against a top opponent called Atalanta. Um, aggregate finished 4-1 in favor of Real Madrid. Um, goals were scored by Karim Benzema, Sergio Ramos as a penalty, and Marco Asensio for the Real Madrid. In the 85th minute, Marco Asensio scored. And then for... Um, Atalanta, we had Lucas Muriel score in the 83rd minute. As far as the statistics go for the game, we have um, Atalanta taking the edge in the attack, but still falling short in the result. We have 13 total attempts to Real Madrid's 12. We got 5 on target to Real Madrid's 6. Real Madrid hit the woodwork once, so... If you count that as a shot on target, then that's where one of them has come from. As far as the performance for both of the teams, um, this is where Real Madrid takes the the neck by the scruff, if you will. They uh, got a 56% possession to um, Atalanta, 44%. Passing accuracy was 88 for Real Madrid and 84 for Atalanta. Passes completed, it was pretty close, though. We had 501 to 432. And then as far as the defending goes, we had Atalanta with 10 tackles, with Real Madrid having 9, 
three blocks apiece. And then Real Madrid surprisingly putting 16 clearances in to Atalanta's three. Real Madrid moves forward. Atalanta stays back. They don't go on. Moving forward, we have Manchester City hosting Mönchengladbach. Manchester City is a is the number one team in the Premier League right now. If you're um, looking at Premier League standings, um, they are on an absolute win streak right now. Um, Manchester United beat them the other week in the derby, beat them two zero. So that broke their win streak, but they're right back on it. So we have um, a 2-0 win for Manchester City in the second leg. Um, Aggregate finishes 4-0. Man City goes on. Kevin De Bruyne scores in the 12th minute. And then Ilkay Gundogan scores in the 18th minute. Both of their center mids score for for them in this game. As far as the statistics go, uh, I can already make the assumption that Man City put on an absolute clinic. Because this is just the type of team they are. So, we got 11 attempts on goal to Mönchengladbach's 6. 7 on target for Man City to their 3. None, none hit the woodwork. Uh, Man City had t- uh, 2 offsides, so did Mönchengladbach. But they had 7 corners to Mönchengladbach's 2. And here, here is where the clinic starts getting put to put on, man. For the performance stats, we have a 64% possession to a 36, a 92% pass accuracy to their 84. Seven, um, excuse me, 800 passes completed to their 346. Manchester City is one of the greatest attacking teams I have ever watched. I'm jealous of their ability. As far as the defending goes for the team, for the teams, much of Gladbach kind of took the uh, advantage here, except in tackles. Um, they won in balls recovered with 43 to City's 41. Lost in tackles by City's 12 to their 10. Tied with zero blocks. And then we have 17 clearances for Much and Gladbach to City's five, but they still end up losing. Not really sure how that how all of that works out, but it just sounds like Manchester City was just an overwhelming force. Moving forward, next in the Champions League, we have Chelsea football. With a top-tier English team for the Premier League going up against Atletico Madrid, which is a top, top, top-tier team for the Spanish tier of soccer. Uh, the La Liga, Liga BBVA, whatever you would like to call it. Chelsea surprisingly beats Atletico Madrid both times. Edward Mendy, the new goalie for them, is sticking it out. Keeps a clean sheet in both matches. Atletico did play with one red card, but hey, you can still win a match off of a man down. Not like, seriously. In the 34th minute, Hakim Ziyech, um, a right winger with a wicked left foot, dribbles down the right, cuts in with his left, and just whips one back post. 
Hakim Ziyech been on been in form here recently. He's really putting in the goals for Chelsea. And then in the 90th minute plus four of injury time, um, a left back Emerson comes all the way up from left back and puts one in to make it a 2-0 match. Atletico again is playing a man down with a red card. As far as the attacking statistics go for the game, we have um, Chelsea having 16 attempts to Atletico's 11 with five on target each. No one, no one hit the woodwork. Chelsea had six corners to Atletico's five. Um, I just, it's just so weird for me to see Atletico not score and to give up two two goals, because Diego Simeone, which is the uh, coach for Atletico Madrid, he's known to be one of the best defensive coaches of all time. If you ever watched Atletico Madrid play, they'll be attacking. They'll have um, you know, seven people in front of the ball with the eighth man on the ball, and then if they get lost in possession, you will see every single player haul their butt all the way back to their position to get ready to defend, to run all the way back out, to run all the way back in. You get what I'm saying? They're a high press, high energy, exhausting style of soccer. And it's just such a demanding style, but if it works, it's such a fun style to watch. But anyways, moving moving on into this match, we got the performance stats. We have a 55% possession for Chelsea to Atletico's 45, 86% accuracy to Atletico's 81, and then we have 508 passes to 380. Both traveled 114 kilometers. Exactly. As far as the defending for the game goes, this is, yeah, look, Atletico, 16 tackles to Chelsea's six, four blocks to Chelsea's two, and then 31 clearances to Chelsea's 18. It's like that right there goes in in sync with what I said about Diego Simeone. He's just, he's just such a great coach, like... One of the best defending coaches. He still beats the other team for defensive statistics, but but he still lost the match. Moving on, we got Bayern Munich, probably the most famous German team of all time, going up against Lazio. And Lazio is an older um, team from Italy that plays in the Serie A. Aggregate of the game finished 6-2 as a Bayern win. <laughs> Complete domination. I'm pretty sure Lewandowski scored four goals in the first game. And that's like a Polish striker for Bayern Munich. <laughs> he scored in this game. So he scores in the 33rd minute off of a penalty. And then Bayern's still pushing because they're, they're a German attacking football. They're a machine. Chupa Moting in the 73rd, still getting forward. Still trying to bag the goals. Goes on, scores one more. Makes it a 2-0 game. And then Parolo for Lazio in the 82nd minute comes in and puts one in to make it not a complete 6-1 blowout on aggregate, but a 6-2 killing on aggregate. Um, As far as the attacking goes, we have Bayern Munich literally dominating. 12 total attempts to Lazio's 5. 4 on target to their 2 on target. They hit the post once. They uh, had four corners to their one. And Lazio had three offsides, and Bayern only had one offsides. 
far as the performance for both teams go, obviously Bayern Munich's going to take the edge because of because they won, but it's not so bad of a split, except for um, distance covered and passes. For the possession, it's 58 to 42. And again, possession is one of the things in soccer that you can... Um, like get away with not having a lot of and still getting the result that you want because you're a good counter-attacking team. Lazio couldn't do it against Bayern, though. No one can beat Bayern right now. They're kind of like Manchester City. You got to catch them on an off day to get them to lose, you know? They had Bayern with 88% pass accuracy to Lazio's 81 what else we got? We got 600 passes completed for Bayern to um, Lazio's 382. And then for distance covered, we have 118 kilometers for Lazio to Bayern's 113. So what I can tell from that is Bayern did a lot of passes that moved Lazio around and tired them out and basically exhausted them into losing the game. For the defending, though, Lazio takes <laughs> Lazio ironically takes the edge. They had 47 balls recovered to Bayern's 45, 13 tackles to Bayern's 10, four blocks to Bayern's zero, and then 12 clearances to Bayern's eight. A complete slaughter on aggregate, six to two. It's ridiculous that a team can lose that bad moving on now we're going to start talking about a few of the um with the time that we have left we're going to talk about the really good um europa league games that happened in sync with the champions league first game i'm talking about is the dynamo zagreb game which is a croatian team playing against Tottenham in the uh, Europa League and Tottenham is um in the Premier League same same league as Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, man, all them guys. First game finishes 2-0 Tottenham's favor. Um Tottenham was the home team, Dynamo was the away team in the first leg. Then the second leg comes around where Dynamo Zagreb is the home team and Tottenham's away. Dynamo Zagreb. Croatian team. In the 62nd minute, Orisic scores a goal. Aggregate is now 2-1. to one. Orsic again in the 83rd. Scores again. Makes it 2 to 1. Or 2, excuse me. Makes it a 2 2 aggregate. And then it gets tied up, you know, for home goals. Goal difference. Goes into overtime. Orsic again for a hat trick. In the 106th minute, puts Dynamo Zagreb ahead over Tottenham and gets them through the Europa League into the round of eight, the quarterfinals. It is absolutely absurd. They came back from a 2-0 deficit in aggregate and won the next game 3-0. 
by a way of one man. <laughs> I'm going to run through these stats and then I'm going to talk about the Manchester United Europa League game. So we had 21 total attempts for Dynamo over Tottenham 17. Five were on target for Dynamo, four were on target for Tottenham. They had Dynamo had five corners and Tottenham had one. Dynamo three offsides, again with Tottenham only having one. As far as their performance went, we had Tottenham taking the edge in possession with 56 to their 44, 80% passing accuracy to their 73, and then they had 700, or excuse me, 600 passes completed to um, Dynamo's 400. Now, Now the defending gets a little bit wonky. A little bit crazy. Dynamo had 61 balls recovered to Tottenham's 54. 24 tackles to Tottenham's 16. And then 6 blocks to Tottenham's 9. Tottenham gets knocked out. Jose Mourinho's under the hot seat. It's getting a little bit crazy over there. No one knows what's going on over in Tottenham. They're, They're going crazy right now. Honestly. Moving on, we got the Manchester United game. They play against Milan. Milan is a Serie A team for the Italian top tier. And then, you know, Manchester United, Premier League team. I'm going to talk about the statistics, and then I'm going to talk about the game. So we had 13 total attempts from Man U to Milan's five. Both tied with four on target. Both tied with four corners. Um... And then again, uh, th- this game was very nice to watch. Very, very disciplined match. Um, Milan got six offsides and Man U had zero. Performance 50 50 split on possession. 83% passing accuracy for Milan. Manchester United had 85. Milan 460 passes. We had 448. Defending, we had 42 balls recovered. Milan had 36. Man, you had nine tackles. Milan had four. We had two blocks. Milan had four. But now, to talk about the actual game. Man, you was down two. Or Man, you was down one one. On aggregate. The reason why they're down is because Milan scored in like. The 96th minute in the last game off of a header from a corner to tie it, but they have one away goal, we have zero, so they would win if this game finished 0 0, but it didn't. First half of the game, we have like a very defensive setup. Very defensive setup. Um, I was really confused why we started. We had like four center. We had four defensive mids out there starting the game. Like we're here to to win, score goals, not keep them from scoring on us. Like I didn't understand why we had that many defensive mids out there doing the same thing. We needed an attacking player player like you know Rashford wasn't playing he's injured we just had Martial Greenwood and James like Daniel James those are our three right now nothing's happening 
halftime comes about, and I'm sitting here stressing. I'm like, dang, I'm about to get my team's about to get knocked out. Like we can't we can't let that happen. We um go into halftime. Game zero zero. We still need to score one, and then at halftime, like during halftime, I'm talking to my friend, and I was like. I can guarantee you if this half finishes 0-0, Paul Pogba will come on because he was available as a substitute for the first time since he's been back with his little groin injury that he um, just got over. And I am kidding you not. He comes on at halftime. I look at my friend and I tell him he scores within five minutes. Because within his first 30 seconds on the field, he was playing with this confidence. He was playing like he missed being out there, which is not really a Paul Pogba-esque thing. Paul Pogba is known to be one of the most like affluent, um, not stuck up, but just influenced type of player. Like He's easily swayed for a mood. But four minutes after halftime, in the 49th minute, Paul Pogba takes, takes on a one-on-one dribble, left wing, beats his man, gives a 1-2 to Bruno Fernandez at the top of the 18. He receives the ball back again around the six-yard line, the six-yard box, excuse me. Fakes a one shot with his right foot to get the defender to go down to block. And then he just literally just roofs it from six yards in. As soon as he's seen the defender drop, he just ripped that shot. Bulge of the back of the net. Manchester United goes up 1-0 in the game. And Manchester United goes up 2-1 in the aggregate. And they get moved forward into the Europa League round of eight. That's all I had for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening so much. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'll see you guys again. Have a good week. Later.